Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The question that I have for you is, do you want to pick up there or do you want to pick up sometime after that? It's up to y'all. If you're trying to, you know, really expedite this, <laughs> let's let's cut to the chase. Okay. We're doing this um, for you. <laughs> in which case... This whole show is a favor to James. <laughs> <laughs> it's a favor that I pay you for. Uh, well, also, like, favor. because we're taking less time, we're making less money. So, truly, this is like a financial favor, a favor to you, Doug. <laughs> yeah. You know, if an arc goes shorter, it's not as though there isn't another arc immediate. We didn't pause between arcs. Y'all kept making your money. Uh, but yeah, you should show. really. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. But no, you are welcome. You are welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> cool. For real, though, you couldn't do this without us. Really <laughs> Just for that, it is morning. Bright and early morning. It is morning, bright and early morning. The sun has come into the sky and starting to pass in front of the sun, you can see what appears to be a strange cloud, a group of envelopes and canopies lit up with an undulating crimson. This is a small fleet from the Tempest Armada. And in front of that fleet, through a, a spyglass, you can see the flagship of the Armada itself, the Tempest, one of the most ancient skyships in the air, rumored to have been sunk and buried under sand years and years ago, back being the first pirate ship, the first Corsair vessel ever to grace fear, resurrected by the fiery heart of the bandit queen. Sifa, who commands over a hundred ships that rail against the Red Feather Syndicate. On Ungoni, the hexagonal floating platforms that surround this city, you can see people coming out of their various dwelling spaces, standing on top of buildings, moving over to the caged walls that prevent people from falling over the side of these platforms, waving the red, white, and blue flag of the Tempest Armada. A white cyclone on a blue background with a heart and skull shape blazing crimson in the center. 
There is celebration all around the city. People are singing and dancing, welcoming their benefactors, the Tempest, back into the city to perform this negotiation. I want to know, where is the crew of the Uhuru as they prepare to receive the Tempest Armada? What season is it? I think we established that it is still spring. Oh, because we have never seen Mr. Snake. Yeah, yeah we do, do. We did develop a very important piece of technology. In yes, the, the snake last tube. That yes, we did, which is the <laughs> snake <laughs> tube. That's, uh, yes. 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 Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Wow. <laughs> Love it. John, it was like just like kicking it in his bunk. And then maybe there was like murmurings going on, kind of like popping up throughout the crew and it finally made its way back to him. He hears that the Tempest Armada is here. So he's going to run and just like bob and weave through people so he can get to his place at the head of the ship and just like sit on the statue front row as and he's just kind of like watching in awe as the shadows of the ships just kind of like cast a shadow over his face and he's just like in, in awe. Ooh, I love this. I think like you are watching these ships come in and I think for a while, Jonnet has been, you know, using a telescope to, you know, look at different locations and whatnot. And telescopes are expensive pieces of equipment. I don't think Jonnet owned his own, but for the last little while, y'all have been acting in favor of the captain. So I think you grabbed or Mars telescope and for just 100%. the longest period of time that has been your telescope yes so I think you know <laughs> you're like looking through this telescope you know watching the the Tempest Armada approach and you know focusing on this waving flag the maelstrom banner with the skull heart as it approaches marveling at this ship you can see that it is patched and battle scarred it looks like an intimidating vessel there are cannons jutting out from every side every angle even as people on discord and twitter have been excited to learn like there are cannons that point downward in this because there is a chance that your enemy is going to be directly beneath you and you will need to shoot downward as well. You know, coming from a vessel that does not use cannons, this is a wild looking ship. It looks every bit the ship that you imagined when you first heard the stories of the Tempest Armada, the ship that could lead a fleet to actually challenge the Red Feathers. And as kind of the gravity of this ship and the way it looks hits you, a shadow kind of darkens over you. You know, at first it might be like a cloud blocking the sun or maybe the balloon canopy is shifted in a way, but the shadow doesn't move away. So you take the telescope down and you can see looming behind you is Oromar Vale watching you watch the ship roll in with his telescope. <laughs> yeah, it's Jonnet. <laughs> Jonnet just like twirls it so he's it's behind his back. He's like, hey, hey, Cap. stone face stone face and then he just like pulls it back out looks at it and then without looking at the captain he just offers it back to him Vale takes the telescope and moves it up to his eye you can see him look through the telescope at the tempest 
You can see that he sees what you saw. The expression on his face does not change. He pulls the telescope away from his eye and hands it back to Jonnet before climbing off the front of the ship, his cape and jacket swooping behind him as he jumps back up over the side. Who's next? Where are you at? I think, unless Liz disagrees, I am wherever Gable is, um, sort of as a, you a know, the, the very iconic Britney Spears performance where she has the snake. Travis um, is not that big. <laughs> Travis is not that big. <laughs> oh, no, but, but can I he think be that, that big? Sort of, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we have not established how big he is as a snake. There's no have way he's that big. film Anaconda. That's no, it's bigger. <laughs> it's too big. It's too big. I always imagined a little garter snake that peeked out of your front pocket like it was a little baby. I imagined that he was like five-ish feet long, but not not a big thick boy, really. But like a you know, like a like maybe boy. that around. And, and we do know that uh, he is a venomous snake. So mm. like that that. Feels like close to the right size for for a venomous snake. So I, I, I like that. That also means that there are a lot of situations where you will be able to wear Travis on your persons and conceal him in your clothes, which just seems like a useful thing. Mm-hmm. Snake. Yeah, I'm I carrying jinx. Travis right now, and it sucks. Yeah, how is Travis riding on Gable? I think either as a scarf type thing. Or as um, kind of, it's one thing that's very fun about snakes for real is like you can hold them and they'll like wrap around kind of your wrist and your arm and then just sort of like weave in and out of your hand and then just like kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see him doing that too. Just sort of like, especially because like Gable, I assume being so large has proportionally large hands. A lot of real estate. Yeah. 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 yeah I think Gable is trying to do something like tie something down because like the crew's boarded and everything. So we're just trying to, uh, secure the ship because we're going to be here for a while. And Travis keeps on getting in the way of their hands. Yeah, I like, I mean, it makes sense to me that the crew is mostly sleeping aboard the ship because, you know, there is plenty of space for people to stay. And it's not like there are a bunch of hotels or inns or taverns waiting for you in Ungoni. So you're you're just, you know, making necessary repairs and like doing your checkups on everything while you waited for the armada. And Gable is like tying down different bits of cargo or, you know, opening up pieces of cargo uh, to, to use or whatnot, shifting the weight around, making sure the ship is balanced. And Travis is moving between their fingers, making this process very difficult. Stop it. Stop what? Stop it. Fucking stop it. What? Stop it. You stop. Stop it. No, you stop it. Just fuck. Get, 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 get off. Get off. Get off. No, no. Stop. I, I need to be able to see. Gable's trying to unwind from Travis from their arm. And then he just winds <laughs> oh, himself he's around just the like, other arm. Yeah. Stop it. Oh, so, okay. Okay, I'll go. Does Travis like start snaking up Gable's sleeve to, <laughs> then to like stay on? Yeah. Oh, he s- snakes up their sleeve and maybe pokes his head out next yeah. to their head. 
God, I that's fucking, great. You're so cold. You're so uncomfortable right now. Stop it. What? Stop it. Stop what? <laughs> Stop. Just <laughs> like it's going that in my ear. Flicky tongue lick. Stop to it. Smell their ear. I'll bite you right now. So help me. I will. I will. <laughs> listen. If I drop you over the side right now, you don't have wings. I'll just leave you in the middle of the desert, a little broken snake boy. Snakes can fall so far. That, I would no, I would do it. Do it. Drop me. No. I dare you. I dare you. Listen. I could just let you stay here. You kind of crawl your way to the city or I could let you hang out, but you're going to have to be not a little bitch. Okay? I don't think 5 feet long is that little. <laughs> It's average. <laughs> Please, just, I know we're under a lot of stress and I'm willing to help you, but you cannot be annoying. And I know that is so hard for you, but please make at least the slightest attempt. Everyone is very on edge right now. Just imagine the commanding presence you could have sitting in a chair, waiting for someone, a snake wrapped around your hand, and all you have to do, imagine this, you don't even talk, which is ideal for everyone, because then they wouldn't know what you sound like and what you are, and they would just be intimidated because you're so big. And that's what I'm trying to offer you, and you keep hitting me and trying to remove me from your hand. I'm trying to make you look cool. I'm trying to help you. I look cool on my own. You have a real attitude this morning. Did something happen last night? Oh, did you not get the watch that you wanted to steal? That doesn't make any sense because there's no resale value once it leaves the lot. <laughs> See, this is why you shouldn't talk. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. And I'm and trying I've... to tie this knot for 10 minutes and you keep on getting in my way. I've got uh, plenty of watches, but I can't show them to you because, you know, they're all inside of my body or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Nodos like pokes his head around the cargo below deck. Ah, uh, Gable, it is good to see you. Hi, yes, it's me here. Hi. The, the Armada has been spotted. Oh, great. Also, do not tell anyone on the crew that I am telling you this, but. <gasps> is this a Nodo secret? Oh, come, no. come on, come on. It's a Nodo secret? No, not a not a Nodo secret. Uh, that's for drinking. That's oh, for, yes. That's for but rope I do. smoking. Nodo's secrets are my favorite secrets. Because they're always so, like, small, but also tasty, like a little uh, la- hors d'oeuvre. Nodo's, Nodo's blushes and goes, you, you flatter me, uh, but I, I must persist. The ties on Travis's hammock have been loosened and when he next hoists himself upon it he will fall onto the floor that's good information to have i thought there were two relevant reasons to tell you this the first being perhaps you would like to watch it occur and the second being you are a known associate and friend of Matago, and perhaps you would not like it to occur. Either way, you have the information now. I I just adore you so much. I tell you all the time, and I know it embarrasses you, but you're just so precious to me. I want to keep you in a little ball 
like the no-dose hors d'oeuvre I mentioned earlier. Just just pop it in my mouth whenever I need a treat. <laughs> I think he really doesn't know what to do with, with that statement. And, and I love making him uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is a cool snake. That's a good look for you. Uh, really? And that, Thank you. Nodos will swoosh behind some cargo. It's very intimidating. <laughs> I think when Nodos says that, Travis kind of like sticks his head up and he's not a hooded snake, but there are some snakes that can like kind of flatten their heads out to make it look like they have a hood to like intimidate people. And I think he does that yeah. when <laughs> Nodos says that. You know, for a lot of the animals that Travis is, like, there's a part of me that very definitely wants to know what they are. Like, I, it's important that we know that he's a raven. I, I think, uh, you know, knowing that he is a, a rabbit and not a hare is kind of important. And like a coyote, like, that's pretty much always one thing. But as far as snake, it's like, why why doesn't he just have different qualities of different snakes all the time? Who knows? A serpent yeah. is a really non-specific term. So I love that. Yeah, he's just got whatever snake powers. Yeah. Did you hear that? You've got a concussion head in your way. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mister Gable, it might be wise for you to know that we've unscrewed the cap of Mr. Madigo's salt such that when he goes to pour it on his food, <laughs> an increased amount will fall on it rendering it too salty. <laughs> That's a very good... It's amateur hour on this ship, and honestly, it's hilarious. I understand, but also, you should be concerned. Not that I care. Feelings have not abated in the past couple weeks. Well, what am I... It's not my fault that my hair always grows back perfect. And it's, it's not my fault that everyone's mad at me and not mad at you and um, Jonnet. And, and you know, I don't think, quite honestly, that the captain is completely blameless in this either. Because... In his own death? Well, yes, if he, if he had survived, you know, this would sort of be a non-issue. I... Despite all the bullshit that you say... <laughs> There is an element of truth that this is not all your fault, but you need to take certain accountability for the parts that are. And there are significant parts that are your fault. I agree. This is not all my fault. No, Weren't you tying something? Or I untying tied it. Something? I finished it while you were talking. You mm. dumb dumb. <laughs> now we're uh, going no to a landing party and we're talking to the Tempest Armada. Can you behave for once in your life? Well, yes, but it doesn't have to be now. It could be now. It Any time be. is a good if time it's to start. If it's going to be once, I want to make it good. <laughs> it's not once. You could be a good person for the rest of your life if you chose well, to. Well, I could do a lot of things. And keep in mind, the rest of my life is very long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go meet up with Jonnet. Be nice and I'll let you stay. What do you mean you'll let me stay? On my shoulders. I'm strong. Snakes are strong. I'll yes. wrap I'll, I'll wrap around your neck and and I won't let go. Also, you're a noodle that I could cut in half. You've got no arms. You cut your noodles. 
sometimes they're too long. <laughs> oh, no. I think this conversation has been happening as Gable has been like ascending to the top level of the deck. You can see that the crew of the Uhuru on top deck is in the closest thing that pirates get to formal wear. Those that come from cultures uh, where they wear masks or makeup are, are wearing that. Everybody's got their top-tier jewelry on. They're wearing the shirts that have the fewest holes and least amount of blood stains <laughs> on them. And Oromar himself is fully decorated in his formal regalia, uh, which is not too much of a change from the uh, state that he has been in for the past long while. Dref kind of kept him well-tended and, and made up. And things that would have been uncomfortable for a living person to wear for long periods of time were things that uh, Oromar could tolerate. That changed a little bit in the days since you left Nordia and the captain has been more and more in control of his own autonomy. But you can see that there are ties and baubles in his hair and jewelry worn around his neck and on his ears that is at its finest. And his jacket and cape are billowing in the high winds around Ungoni. He looks everything like the Oromar Vale that is formed in your imagination when you first hear about the adventures of the crew of the Uhuru. Daisy and Fuentes are readying the gangplank for Oromar and the captain's council to descend alongside him. At this time, you have not been removed from your positions in the captain's council. However, Travis has been removed as quartermaster. So I want to ask, in Travis's absence, who is quartermaster? And I also want to know what the Uhuru procession looks like when the Uhuru has to officially greet someone who might be an ally or a business partner to the ship. What, when you are doing the full Falderall, what does that look like? I feel like, yeah, the, the fanfare for it is like you, you have like two tiers of crew where it's like, the captain goes down the gangplank, captain's council goes down, and then like you wait like three or four like beats, and then the first half of the crew comes down like shoulder to shoulder down the gangplank. And then when they hit the dock, they break in half and like go wide to like encompass like the not the full length of the ship, but like have a like a sturdy line, and then the other half stays up on the deck. And they spread out wide to like equal length. And it's just like a big show of like numbers and unity because you have all of these different like kinds of people that come together because we are the Uhuru. God, yeah, I like that. I like there being like a kind of marching band procession. Like I imagine there's music in the background. There's, you know, drums and trumpets, like making a huge to-do about all this. Oh, that's so good. It's a Gables little- on the quads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is really hard. Quads are hard. <laughs> 
It's like maybe like a little sloppy because we haven't done it in a while, but like no, the, the sentiment is there. <laughs> John, it's definitely drum major. <laughs> yeah. It's got the big stick. Oh. Uh, but the reason that I asked yeah. about who the, who the new quartermaster is, because like we've got Ormar and Gable and Jonnet moving down that gangplank. Travis has been replaced as quartermaster for the convenient reason of nobody is looking for or additionally angry at Travis for not showing up uh, for his very important post. Uh, but I want to know who is moving with the captain's council now, having oh, stepped into yes. the quartermaster role, even if it is an interim decision oh man hmm. who do we have on <laughs> ship what we... if i mean we all know the most trusted member of the crew bathroom barry yes yes exactly but it. he can't leave oh. <laughs> yeah but somebody just needs to run him reports then of everything that's going on and you constantly have to report to Bathroom Barry. So Bathroom Barry can be like, all right, this is what you need to do with these resources and these resources. I love I love the idea that like in the interim, Bathroom Barry's just knows he knows he knows the movements of the crew, so he knows the crew the best. So so in the, he's always the interim everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like um you know how they have like high end temp agencies for yeah, like, like when a company needs like a C suite yeah yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> he's that uh, God that's uh, good he's that's his own one man union yes uh, and he negotiates with himself for for, fair, <laughs> for his benefits and he can do it he can do he can it do in it. a he's way smart. that he's tough you know, he's fair. always fair to himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, that's so, so funny. So yeah, Barry, bathroom Barry, <laughs> because we do have baritone Barry, and I don't want people to be confused. Barry is moving with the procession next to Gable, with Jonnet trailing behind them. That procession is followed by Nodos and Spit and a group of pirates with them. They're sort of like moving with the honor guard of pirates. So like Wendell is in there and Toku, like some of the better fighters on the ship are, are moving with them. And then, you know, the, there are processions of other pirates that are coming off. There are people like chanting, hoo 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 That's moving with the procession. Then from the other side, this is joined by, uh, you can see Oromar standing out front along with the captain's council. Then off to, I think the left side of Oromar is the wasp. The wasp with her ship and her captain's council, which, you know, we can, let's, let's indulge ourselves a little bit. Who are these folks? Uh, Feel free to make up entirely new people that chose to join her on her ship, which is right now not named. Oh, I wish I remembered Uh, who was on the ship. uh, Well, I just, well, you don't have to remember who's on the ship because you can make up entirely new people. These can be people who have always been on the ship. Kevin Klein. <laughs> All right, listen for Kevin Klein. Yeah, uh, I'll Kevin pu- Klein I'll... is Helms person. Kevin Klein, uh, Stewie Griffin. <laughs> nope, nope, that's Vito. <laughs> okay, Quagmire. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no we... <laughs> uh, uh, we got Antoine Regalia. 
uh, who is Ooh. he's a he's a bard and the Star Watcher. He's like in his thirties, and uh, he's he's very very musical, very light, very floaty presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Klein <laughs> is the star of such films as Dave, uh, <laughs> A Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> And it's What's, guys, it's it's Kevin Klein. It's, it's <laughs> what a pull for us. Um, I feel like, and I forget his name, but his first name, but I feel like Mr. F- Mr. Ferretti is maybe the oh. uh, quartermaster. No, he's he stayed on our show. Oh, he, is he our place. cook? Yeah. yeah, he's the cook yeah. now. So he probably came rolled off after the honor guard. Okay. Hmm. Um, but I did learn uh, that likely this ship is going to be called the Mzinga, which <laughs> is uh, Swahili for hive, which feels very Whoa. appropriate. Uh, Mzinga. To Hornet the Wasp Beeman. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, then I guess the quartermaster is probably just, um, I think it's a very, very tall man, like Abe Lincoln tall. Okay. Um, so shorter than Gable. <laughs> yes. You will. Yeah. Every time we try to impress people with height, we already have <laughs> right. the tallest person. <laughs> in the world. We have the big one. A big but in- I think as long as this man is always standing closer to you than Gable, he still does look impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think that he um, he's a man of few words. But he he is a real real bit of a Poindexter, real good at crunching those numbers. He's a he's um he's like a silent, just like accountant type. Ooh, I like it. So he's very tall with very small gold glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rad. So yeah, you've got Zynga on the other side of Oromara at his left hand. And as this procession stops and, like, sort of comes to a pose, the Tempest Armada ships have docked, and they are now proceeding down their gangplanks. Leading this procession is Sifa, the Bandit Queen. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I got nothing for you this week but to thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Without support from listeners like you, we would not be able to make this show. And I want to let all of our Patreon backers know that we've got some exciting new Skyjacks bonus content headed their way. Drew Merzieski and I recorded a Skyjacks behind the sales about the information desk. So if you can't wait for more Skyjack's lore, you're going to want to back our Patreon at least $5 a month or more and all of the other cool behind-the-scenes extras. Just head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast to sign up and support today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Sifa, the bandit queen. You can see she is dressed in her like full regalia. She has clothing that comes from her homeland, the Rakshari region, which is a desert area. So they are light and flowing. Most of Rakshari, uh, the people during the day spend their time underground. So the clothing is meant to be a little warm but it can transition to topside so it's like flowing with layers that you can strip she's got these big blue intricately patterned puffy pants that have the lapis lazuli dyes that are from that region so it is a brilliant brilliant blue she is covered in jewelry that is a mixture of silver and gold with blue stones all over it one One of the notable things about how she is dressed, she does not wear a top. Uh, She has a cape, but her shirt is open, exposing her chest and breasts. I will allow people to make a knowledge adventuring role for me right now. Should we? Or yes. Do you want us all to? I think you should. I mean, those those who have it, because y'all recently upgraded your stats. Oh shit! I need to. There's a. There's a chance that you'll make this. Gen- Genesis <laughs> Empor. Yeah. I already had Emporium. it open. What knowledge was this? Uh, adventuring, I-, I think, will work. Although, if you have an alternative knowledge, but lore is the only one that lore. I, I could see lore. Uh, working, you know, this is something that you might know if you're a very worldly and experienced person. So, lore or adventuring, I think, would be good. Uh, how okay. hard is this? Uh, I'm gonna say an average check, especially okay. because you're pirates. Jonnet, you might have a blue die for this. Okay. Um, Jonnet's met the bandit queen. Nope. Jonnet has met the bandit queen, but met the bandit queen yes. when she was dressed kind of in disguise so that she could observe IR Piora. Okay. So I might not do this roll because my I had a failure and an worked. advantage. Okay. I didn't roll a blue die, but I have two successes and three threats. Oh dang. Yeah, roll that roll that blue die, right. see if that does anything for you. Okay, so that is now two successes and one threat. Okay. So the things that Jonathan knows about this, and Tyler, I'll ask you for a little help in a second. Cool. Um, 
Jonnet, you know, came from a, a town in the mainland, new hip growing up. So clearly there was a culture of skyjacks around that place who carried stories from far off places. And, you know, you you sort of left and got inspired to leave when you were a teenager, which I think you would have been told by some of the snickering uh, skyjacks in the port that there is a far off place in the desert called Rakshari. And there people don't believe in wearing a shirt because they want to expose their heart to you to prove that they are not a demon. And it's kind of a formal thing and a thing that is like when you're entering a business meeting or an official space, it's like kind of important that you do this as a sign of respect and that you can be trusted. So I think you were probably told this by like an older Skyjack who was probably inappropriately going like, they don't wear shirts, so there are just boobies out everywhere, young teen. So I think you have a one wrong idea about this, and I want to know what that is from, from your one thread. <laughs> um, one wrong idea. Could the wrong idea be, <laughs> I don't know, uh, because I mean, like, it feels like yes. The within the Rakshari, that is a that is a practice that everyone knows. To me, it feels like Rakshari are accustomed to people not doing that and are okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the wrong idea John it might have is that when he sees this happening, he thinks that he's got to do it too. So in this moment, <laughs> he's like he he uh, he's like he's <laughs> nudging Gable, like, take off your shirt, take off your shirt. <laughs> Take off your shirt. Uh, I, it's already mostly off. It's John. It's <laughs> All right, you're fine. You're fine. Barry, BB, take your shirt off. Okay. All right. Jeez. And so I guess John it just is holding his his formal vest at his side and trying to very coolly get the people around him to take off their shirts, even though they're probably not listening at this point. John, it's oh, a little bit breezy God. right now. I'm gonna keep most of my jacket. I'm, okay. On. Look, look, should I, gonna, should I be... shed my skin? Yes. No. No. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. No, shed no, 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 it now. No. Ew. It Find a sharp a, a surface to rub up against and shed your skin. <laughs> Stay in my pocket. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Sifa is there with her lieutenant and quartermaster Leotoa at her side. There are also several other ships that have joined Sifa in this exchange, sort of lining up behind her. There is a captain who looks very broad and strong uh, with big shoulders. Behind him, there's someone with like, they, they look a little bit androgynous, but they've got like a wild red hair with a rainbow streak in it, covered in blue woad tattoos. There is just this huge fleet of people that are flanking all sides around, making up the fleet of the Bandit Queen and Tempest Armada. They are also playing music, sort of leading to this procession as they come together. You, Travis, feel a heavy anxiety coming from Oromar. 
one of the things that Margaret did for you before she departed the crew was create a more robust emotional connection and tie it to the connection that you have to Dref's heart. So you can more acutely feel Oromar's emotions in different moments, especially when they are fraught and, and brought to bear. You can feel kind of an excited anxiety. It's a little bit like crushing, but there is like a hint of sadness in there too as these processions come together. How close is Gable standing to the captain? Uh, Gable is like directly behind him, being a helms person. I want to kind of stick my head up and whisper in the captain's ear. Okay, yeah, that's that's easy. You're a snake. <laughs> hey, uh, I can tell you're feeling a little anxious, a little excited. Um, you know, chicks dig a dude who's holding a snake. I'm happy to. No. I'm happy to do you this solid and no, thank you. You know, give you a. You know, I think it would look pretty cool. You don't have to take it, but I think it would look pretty cool. And and g- honestly, Gable is wasting it the Gable's minute still they open to their mouth. Unbutton their shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty laces. <laughs> no pressure. Just trying to help out. This is interesting. Uh, make a charm roll, and this is hard. Okay, the charmed snake becomes the charmer. Mmm. Charm, charm. And that's why we pay Johnny the big bucks. Is right it? There. How hard was this? Three purple. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be three failures. <laughs> wow. You can feel waves of sharp irritation coming off of Oromar. It is like the moment that your voice started to hit the air, uh, like this, this started building. And as soon as you finish speaking, like it slams into you like a truck. Oromar is keeping his cool. He is not freaking out about the snake that has like, you know, wormed its way through his hair to speak in his ear. But you can tell your presence and words are not appreciated at this moment. Okay, you're right. Gable can use the help more than you can. Loud and clear. Uh, but, you know, if you ever need me, you know where to find me. Why do I have And if you don't know where to find buttons? me, it's <laughs> laces and buttons. I'll be around. I can't, I'm really trying to picture this wild shirt that Gable has. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just a regular shirt that they've, but you know how when you button like the wrong hole to the it's button just, I think uh, that they've just done I that tried like to multiple it times because usually I just leave it open <laughs> well and they've just got so many buttons because they're so tall you it's know so, so it's just like it goes oh, so far <laughs> it's a big and tall shirt um, as the, the processions come to face each other I think Oromar halts the procession and reaches up to his own shirt and like kind of dramatically rips it open to expose where his heart would be. I think there are probably a bunch of scars. One thing that I wanted to mention about Sifa, since y'all are seeing her bare chest, is that, you know, Sifa is somewhere in her 60s. She's older and she's clearly lived a difficult life. Uh, She is covered in scars. 
clearly she has been in a lot of fights. She has a lot of like decorative makeup that she's covered herself with. And there's like a lot of jewelry. I think if you are in a bare chested culture, it gives you new cool places to decorate. So there are lots of like interesting uh, bits of jewelry on there. But like, I think the thing that jumps out at you the most is like, holy shit, this is someone who has seen a lot of fights and maybe doesn't have the advantage of being able to be reborn in new bodies or having whatever it is that Gable has that allows scars to fade away so easily. Like, John, this is definitely something that would make an impression on you. It's this is a person who has been a pirate all her life and, like, lived it hard and grown to the point where she commands a full army. Oromar, I think, kind of has a similar thing going on. I don't think he is as scarred as Sifa is, but like he probably like has a tattoo or something cool on his chest. I I, I just I think I think that should happen for Oromar, but he has gone through uh, the motion of exposing his heart to prove that he is not a demon. And with that, Sifa extends a hand that you can see only has four fingers on it in a kind of handshake that Oromar delicately takes. It is done. It signals to the crews on both ships that everyone is here in peace. There is no conflict here and things can proceed. After that handshake, Oromar takes something from his pocket. It is an envelope and he hands it over to Sifa, who accepts it and then hands it off to Leotoa. You can feel, Travis, there is like a hint of disappointment that Oromar is keeping under control. And after that moment, the official ceremony of this kind of breaks down because these are pirate crews and they are pirate crews that have been explicitly put in the situation where we're not at conflict here and we've all been riding for a couple days and a big amount of money and resources is about to change hands. So let's start drinking. Guzzled on the stew and the bear and the wine, but we're stuck with each other through the worst of times. Turn our bones to stone and our blood to grind for it's time to toast the axle. People from different crews start running towards each other and like greeting each other like old friends. You can see particularly Wendell has headed off to the crew of the tall, broad-shouldered fellow and the androgynous person who is standing at their side and, like, just embraced them with his gigantic arms. They are cackling and laughing together. Less official music has started up as, as people are dancing and singing, and some of them proceeding their way down to the lifts that connect the different platforms of Ungoni. What do you do, folks? You gotta drink the wine, the worst of times, and our bones stone and our blood to brine for its time. Everybody! And the beer and the wine, we're stuck with each other through the worst of times, and our bones to stone and our blood to brine for its time to toast the axle. I I love that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Mm. I just love the the idea of like there's this formal event, and then it's just like, Doof. 
hangs in the moment, exchange the the letter, and then it all just kind of like breaks down and becomes a big ass party. I love that. It's like being a kid at Easter. Like you're in you're in your little suit or whatever, and like <laughs> you have to go to church and whatnot. And then as soon as that's done, and you're at whatever family party, you toss off that jacket and start running around. <laughs> start sucking down <laughs> eggs. Yes, <laughs> shell and all. Eating way too much candy. <laughs> um, Tearing up your tights because you fell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Janet's hanging around all the different musicians from the Tempest, from the Mazinga, and pretty much any everyone else from the Tempest Armada. I feel like they're all just kind of just getting together, seeing who's got what, and just creating just something to, to cut up to. And he's just kind of tapping his feet along with that. Super fun. Gable, like as the informal part of this greeting starts out, you can see Leotoa wave to you and like kind of kind of make a, a gesture like, hey, we should go off and speak somewhere. I'm going to talk to my friend. Do you want to hang around or oh, do you yes. want to do something else? Oh, no, I'll listen. Ugh. Maybe maybe I'll find out that your friend uh, has put a small bag on my chair, and when I sit on the bag, it'll make a rude noise. It's like, you're, you're making jokes, but things escalate. Pretty soon, like, they'll start out bad, but then they'll get frustrated with subtlety and just straight up, like, get get to stabbing. Oh, no. Will they stab me? And then what? I'll go to sleep and wake up an unstabbed snake? <sighs> And that uh, Jonet kind of walks up and kind of joins up with you guys. Just a heads up, Travis, uh, Nodos came up and talked to me. Apparently the crew is planning on putting your hand in some warm water while you're asleep with the hope that you're going to pee yourself. So just, you know, just putting that out there. Well, what a rude awakening that'll be when, when I wake up pee in my pants and have to go over and I try to find my brassiere and come to find it's in the freezer. So I've got wet pants and a cold chest. Oh, brother. Hey, what a night I'll have. I'm just trying to give you... What? (laughs) Are you 70 years old? As well, a person on this recording. <laughs> I thought maybe just saying bra wasn't really in the... It didn't feel like a very sure, sure, in-world sure, sure. word, you know? That's true. Brazier felt more like tonally, th- like thematically appropriate. Uh, what Unless we want to come up with a, a word that we'll, you know, remember for two or three episodes and then forget and stop using. And just start <laughs> using r- real curse words. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pepsi. Uh, things that... Uh, Ford what, what Taurus. Ford <laughs> Taurus. LED lights. <laughs> um, I, I think... <laughs> you, y'all will drift away from the crowds enough. I, uh, Leotoa will sort of gesture you to go into that receiving room earlier where, where you had met Jolly Jack as it's uh, more quiet and private. It sort of welcomes you in. It is nice to see you again. Uh, is the child all right? I noticed he's with the council. Gable gives Leotoa a uh, 
hand clasp or like a, a, a forearm clasp. He's much less of a child than you would assume. In which case, uh, Leotoa kind of like bends down to Jonnet and offers the same hand. Jonnet accepts. And that would explain why the queen wishes to meet with him. Oh. Huh? Interesting. Uh, he, uh, now? Not now, just while we are visiting. And uh, this visit we plan on being very quick. Uh, I say this to you as you all have the captain's ear. The queen is on a schedule. She must be somewhere to have these ships constructed. They are already being built as we speak and are awaiting weave for testing the load. Some of these designs are experimental and we need the weave as quickly as possible. She does not plan on this being a social visit. Okay, uh, I, um, I'm around, so, yeah, we can chop it up. Jonna, do you have any idea why the queen wishes to meet with you? That All right. something that I must admit I am curious about as well. <laughs> Out of game. Wait, do we know that Jonnet met the bandit That's, queen? Yeah, that, I can't, I can't remember if Jonnet knows it was the bandit queen. I believe that, <laughs> I know, it's been a while. I think so. Okay. I think you do. I think you know that it was the Bandit Queen. I can't remember how much you told the crew about it. Okay. I know they knew about the curse at a certain point, right. I think. Okay. Well, so back in Nordia, when we were doing the the competition and I was watching from the stands and the woman who... who wait, wait, we did the competition in Bergeneath. The, Thank you. Yeah. That's Bird Place, not Wine Town. Yeah. <laughs> Bird Place, Wine Town, USA. Welcome so, to Bird Place, Wine Town, where we've got the best deals on your favorite wines and birds. <laughs> I'm Bird Place, Wine Town. This is the evening news. Yeah. <laughs> this is NPR. <laughs> uh, God, that is such an NPR name. Fuck. Bird Place, Wine Town, and this is marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> That's so dumb. Tyrisdal better watch his ass. Bird place wine town's coming. <laughs> That's so dumb. Um okay. Um when we were in IRPR in Bujanith, when I met the woman who pricked me with the needle, I think that was the bandit queen. I know that was the bandit queen. Huh. So I, I'm sorry, my the queen put a curse on you. Um, yeah, uh, maybe not a curse, maybe an encouragement. Oh, it was a curse for okay. sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Did you try mm. to steal from her? Uh, what did Jonnet do? So, uh, if we remember in the past, <laughs> Jonnet was helping Travis cheat. Gee. In the falconry competition, he well, was, that doesn't sound was, right. I don't really need help. That's right. I was moving. Sh I was moving shit. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After you like tried to cheat, she came up to you and, in meeting you, placed a curse on you, kind of immediately. Yeah. So n no, I didn't. I didn't take anything from her per se. I was maybe putting my will out into the world where. I was trying to uh, change an outcome that 
was maybe not for me to change. And she saw me do that and she didn't like that. And that was our first impression. And then, and then, huh. yeah, I was, I was cheating in Bougenie and, um, and I got mm. caught. Mm. And mm. okay. Leotoa's okay. brow furrows. I don't understand why she would do that. Uh, this oh, because I thought that was maybe like her mo question. It's not. Uh, uh, she is a very serious woman in in charge of a very powerful force within this world. I, I'm going to ask this question, and it will sound rude, but I can think of no other way to phrase it. Who are you people? The last time I met with Oromar, it was Calivar and, and Calivar's entourage that were with Oromar. Bujanith was the first time that we ran into the Uhuru in quite a while, and I did not see any of the faces that I would normally recognize at Oromar's side. Hmm. Well, we're, we're just... You know, there was a crew that answered to the captain for a while, and then they were gone. So we now answer to the captain. John, and if the crew knows, we might as well start telling the public. Okay. There was a mutiny. Their eyebrows raise up. Against Oromar Vale? And hence it was an unsuccessful mutiny. Calivar did play a role in the parting of ways between the Bandit Queen and Oromar Vale. So I will admit, uh, I am happy to learn that management has changed hands, but Calivar and Oromar worked together for quite some time. And all of you, I do not recognize. Also, there is a child in this room. Admittedly, I have not come to know you very much, but you also provoked the bandit queen to discipline you. That is one of the only things I know about you. What role do you have aboard this ship? Star Watcher. Scamp. Mostly Star Watcher. Once again, their eyebrows raise up. <laughs> this is your Star Watcher. He's quite talented. Jonnet reaches in. We got here, didn't we? <laughs> Jonnet reaches into his pack and he pulls out a map and he's he's got it very marked up, and uh, he kind of just holds it up as if it was Exhibit A. He's like, "I I did all this. I, I'm I'm a little green, but you know I I I see what I see, and it's uh, and it's usually right. And I got us here, like Gable said." Leotoa looks over these maps. Vale used to do his own star watching. Well, has that changed? I imagine that as his ambitions have grown over the years, he's found a need to distribute some of his workload. We are quite the capable council. <sighs> Leotoa reaches for a dagger and cuts the back of their arm and ah. puts a little bit of that in a tiny glass and places it on the table 
and lights that on fire. Um, oh. And like oh. there's a cool kind of like red flame that hovers above it. I swear to you that your secrets are safe with me and that you can trust me. I need to know that I can trust all of you. Wait, oh. are all of our secrets safe with you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We return once again to the long line of prospective applicants to the Skyship Uhuru. Uh, Johnny, could you please describe uh, the person who has stepped off the line uh, to present a headshot and resume? Um, yeah. So he is wearing a purple shirt, uh, tight white pants. He has a purple bandana and a, a big old uh, mustache. Place your headshot and resume down there and uh, tell us your name. Uh, whoa, this dump uh, looks familiar. I feel a disturbance. <laughs> a uh, presence, has, a presence has come here. And right, right out of the gate, insulting the place. <laughs> pretty, no, pretty, I said it looks familiar. You called it a dump. <laughs> I feel well, like yeah, tightness, I mean, I, and in my chest. Anywhere that I would go, I'd say, oh, th uh, this, uh, this hotel looks familiar. I've been to a lot of Hyatts, you know? <laughs> this dump looks like a dump that I've been in before, is what dizzy. I'm saying. You keep explaining My it, but dizziness. you're not, it's not coming out as a compliment. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a, a regional parlance uh, for, for skyships. I know people call different things different places. A dump does not have a positive connotation in most sphere. I mean, it's just a dump is a dump, you know. I don't know what to tell you. So, uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, where? Yeah, it's all it's all right there on the resume, and it's all true. Okay, all right. I, all right. I'm, well. I'm feeling very sick. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the last position you occupied? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, oh, geez. Well, I I do a lot. Um, you can catch me. So. Most days, uh, you know, around the corner, there's that stream that runs from the top of the mountain. You yeah. can catch me in that stream. Uh, people oh, just come and watch me do whatever in that uh -huh. stream. Uh, uh, yeah, so I just that, hang out that, there. 
Anything in particular that that you like to do in the stream? Um, yeah, so I have this uh, this neurological disorder, so I often twitch in that stream. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So mostly mostly twitching based entertainment there. Uh, maybe that's our, our our avenue in here. Uh, we obviously want to make sure that you fit the culture. Uh, do Do you have any interests like uh, uh, music, perhaps, or? Uh, uh, yeah, I love all kinds of music. Um, me and my me and my pal William uh, talk about talk about music often. Wait a second. Oh, do you, what's uh, do you two, what's do you two know each other? Wait, Travis, do you know this man? Uh, <laughs> no, I've never seen this man in my life, and if I ever did, I would punch him squarely in the face. Me too. Uh, I want to do it right. Except now. for right now, because I'm being polite because he's applying for a job. But if I were to ever see him anywhere else. Well, uh, I, uh, what's, uh, what's one of your favorite, uh, pieces of music that you've, uh, listened to in Sphere recently? Give us your thoughts uh, about it. Yeah, I'm a, I haven't heard much that I like. Um, <laughs> I gotta be honest, if I, pretty much all the music I've heard here, instant skips. <laughs> um. I would, if, if you told, if you told me that hundreds of people paid thousands of dollars for this music, I would, I would laugh in your face. <laughs> okay, okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Um Let's just get a little bit more into the resume. Um it looks like well, I don't know how to put this exactly, but it seems as if you've been here before. Yeah, I said this dump looks familiar. But okay, but like truly you have all of our names listed as references. Uh yeah yeah so I think you'll find my references are impeccable. Well, all right now I'm, I've I've finally got to the headshot portion of uh of this resume and I'm noticing first of all you've attached multiple headshots uh but they don't appear to be pictures of you or your face or your body these are all the same picture of spaghetti. Uh yeah I'm just treating myself. <laughs> <laughs> there are 365 That's... copies of this picture yeah happy tuesday i'm treating myself <laughs> i feel a great uh, an echo in my mind of something that came before and yet it disappeared from my mind and i felt great happiness well, at I, the time it disappeared, and it's come back, and a great darkness has fallen upon me. <laughs> well, I, I've got a question. Uh, here on your resume, um, I don't know why you put this specifically personal information, but uh, it says that you have uh, nine daughters, um, and uh, you had uh, these daughters for, for many years, and you left your daughters. Why, did, why would you leave your daughters? Why would you leave? <laughs> why would you leave your daughters? <laughs> Why would you leave your beautiful the, daughters? The, the daughters that you had with yeah. the devil, devil's daughters. Yeah. Why would you leave them? Yeah, I. No, I get. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you know, I've left a lot of things. Uh, I've burned a lot of bridges in my life. Um, now, see and, that this sounds familiar. And yet, this and right. yet, people still like me. Yeah, I mean, That's... you seem great. <laughs> What are the other references that you have here? Is a talking badger? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know that guy. Um, but the thing is, he's not. He's not. Um, 
He's not a talking badger, but to find out what he really is, you do have to, um, he's going to ask you three questions and they're going to be tricky questions. Uh, and if you answer them correctly, he'll tell you what he really is. That seems like a concept that would run out pretty quickly, right? Yeah. And yet, and yet here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also fun to note that I have, as far as I know, recently started um, re-listening to this. So probably pretty quickly, whenever this comes out, I will hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Now, now, now there's a part here under special skills that says you will take my cousin on a date and pay for 25% of that date. And then punch a police Uh, horse? (laughs) Yeah, I barely remember that, but it sounds true. And at first I did think you meant that I really did go on a date with your real cousin, which would have been (laughs) fucking wild. I mean, uh, uh, all things considered. Anyway, is that a, is that a yay or a nay on John I Pittman? I, I mean, I let's let's do this. Let's get, get on back in here. <laughs> Come on. Okay, you but it'll sure? cost you. How much? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Double. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like the Broadswords. The Broadswords is an all-women D&D podcast focused on drama, roleplay, and subverting stereotypes. Join the Broads as they unravel the mysteries of the snowy Rashomon, a land ruled by witches steeped in superstition. Berserkers reign, and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Yaleris, Kila, and Maypri all have their own reasons for journeying north, but soon they discover they have something in common. They are pawns in a divine plot. You can find the Broadswords on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-4-R-O-T-T.
P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.